My dear friends, good morning. morning. It is lovely to see you all here this morning on the second Sunday at Advent. I welcome you to our C2 service here at Community Church, where by the grace of God, every single one of us here is welcomed by God in all his glory. Every single one of us is affirmed, and every single one of us is loved, and that is a blessing. It is our second Sunday in Advent, so we're going to be talking about peace today. Uh, And we have some really beautiful music and actually a little bit more of a reflective music selection today uh, because of that topic. And, And I ask you to think about this morning, not just peace in terms of absence of conflict, but also how God invites us to have peace within and what that means and how one leads to the other. So... Please uh, enjoy this special music in this service this morning, and I invite you to be peaceful this morning. It is a beautiful day that the Lord has made for us today. Let us be glad. Let us rejoice. And this morning, we will call God into worship here this morning in our seats. Oh, come. 
we gather around the Advent wreath today knowing that we are not perfect, that we all make mistakes and do bad things. Only Jesus obeyed God fully. Jesus helps us to live as God wants us to live. Jesus gives us peace. A reading from the prophet Isaiah. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We light this candle to proclaim the coming of the light of God into this world. With the coming of this light, there is peace, for Christ is called the Prince of Peace. Christ's name is also Emmanuel, God with us. The presence of Christ with us gives us peace day by day. Please pray with me. Eternal God, we thank you that through all the years you have given peace to your people. Help us to have your peace in our lives. We pray that in this Advent season we may, by what we do, show your presence to the sick, to the hungry, and to the lonely so that they, too, may have peace. So in this time when we are reflecting upon peace, we are already halfway through the Advent season. The miracle is coming closer and closer. And as we continue our prayer together through song, I invite you to think about what the lighting of this candle truly means to you. Frosty window pane, light a candle. 
clearly the presence of the Lord is in this place. Friends, I was driving home from uh, a a meeting I had on Thursday afternoon, and I I got a phone call from my wife, and I could tell that she was a little bit up or verklempt or a little bit choked up. And I said, what's wrong? And she said, oh, no, no, they're happy tears. And I said, oh, that's good news. Uh, And I said, what's going on? And she said, I saw Jesus in the Dollar General today. (laughs) And I said, well, that's awesome. (laughs) What happened? And she went on to tell me of of a conversion of anecdotes of somebody coming in and singing beautiful songs and people singing along with that person and how somebody who was uh, clearly infirmed in line didn't didn't think that she was going to be able to stand in line and make it and how people were letting her come forward and go forward and how somebody met that same person as they were coming out of the parking lot and said, stop right there. Let me grab your bags. I will take everything to the car. I will help you. I will do what you need. And all these things just kind of overcame her at one point. And and she just kind of said, I mean, that's really what it's all about, isn't it? Uh, And I said, yeah, we all have so many opportunities every minute of every day to share the peace of Christ and to honor the Prince of Peace. And so why don't we take a moment here this morning uh, to greet each other and maybe share some of that peace and some of that joy with each other. May the peace of Christ be with you. To remind you, I forgot, uh, young folks can meet Betsy by the back door there. If you're looking for Sunday school this morning, she is standing right by the back door. She said she's looking a little bit like Mrs. Rogers, but I didn't know if anybody would get that <laughs> anecdote. But she has a very cute uh, necklace on, gingerbread necklace. So Betsy's right back by the door. If you're looking for Sunday school, you can find her back there. Um, as always, we have many, 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 many things to lift up, especially in this very, very busy time. Uh, they are all beautifully put together by Rachel in our bulletin. So I invite you to take a look at that, bring it home. Uh, put all the things on the calendar that you would like to be a part of. I will lift a few things up. Tonight is our Christmas concert, our Advent concert. Uh, This year it is a representation of every single musical ensemble that this church has, including members of our C2 band. So it's going to be a really, really, yeah, really special um, event. It's got the Jazz Vespers folks, just every group, women's ensemble, I highly, highly encourage you to check it out this evening, and uh, it's going to be a really, really special uh, event where your spirit, I think, will really be filled in this Advent season. Uh, We also have our jazz brunch coming up. Uh, Next week, we have our Jingle Jam, which is our family event next Saturday. All that information is in here. Uh, We are also having our youth Christmas party uh, next week, next Sunday, Um, so just a plethora of things going on in the Advent season to lift our souls and to honor the glory of God. If you would like to uh, support any of these events and any and all missions of the church, we always have our generosity basket by the doors there. Uh, Please feel free to support the church uh, by giving a donation, and we, we thank you very much for that. It is a truly, truly wonderful season. So moving into our scripture today, it's from the prophet Isaiah, and it is essentially, as I see it, a a response, kind of a prophetic response to some really awful things, to some real big conflicts that had been happening in the land of Jerusalem 
uh, at this time. And it's, I think, a call for comfort. And it's a call to let us know that uh, God is, is not going to be keeping things quiet anymore. The promises of God are coming. And this is a prophetic response to let the people of the time know that these promises will be fulfilled and that we can find comfort in these promises. So let's hear these words from the book of Isaiah. And uh, Mr. Tommy Snellgrove is going to share them with you. Good morning, church. How are you? Sounds like you're still unsure. How about one good good morning? Good morning. There you guys are. Um, a couple things before we get started. Uh, the Mrs. Rogers reference. I think he just dated everybody in this room, didn't he? He just said, you guys are old people now, because I doubt the young folks know what Mrs. Rogers was. And the other thing is this. Um, I personally stop all the time and have to catch myself to try to find God in the world. And the fact that he is everywhere. He truly is. If we just take the second to look. And in this instance that Drew mentioned earlier, right there in front of us. So I love the opportunity to see God in the world every day. I don't necessarily take the time, but I'm, I'm going to make a mental note to literally take an extra few seconds to find that in the world. So the scripture today, comfort, oh, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. And cry to hear that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out, in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level. And the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, Cry out. And I said, What shall I cry? All people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows upon it, Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up, do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See, the Lord God comes with might. And his arm rules for him. His reward is with him. And his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. And carry them in his bosom. And gently lead the mother sheep. This is the word of the Lord. Advent greetings to those of you who are worshiping with us from 
from home or from far away, wherever you are today, we are one body in Christ. And good morning to you in C2 across the way. I celebrate with you every Sunday and look forward to seeing you as you leave church this morning as once again we are united in Christ. And to all of you who are here in house today, I bring you Advent greetings of a special kind. In Advent, our scriptures are meant to turn the world upside down. It says on some years, awake, keep awake, be always ready. This business about leveling the mountains and lifting up the lowlands, God is turning the world upside down. So prepare to be a little bit uncomfortable if you are not uncomfortable at some point in this message or wonder what does that mean in my life, then I've probably been unfaithful in what I bring you today. And when you get uncomfortable, don't shoot me. I'm only the piano player. This comes from Isaiah the prophet. Please join me in prayer. Spirit of the Lord God, you bring good news to the oppressed. Bind up the brokenhearted. Proclaim liberty to the captives and release prisoners. You comfort all who mourn and shower your people with the oil of gladness instead of mourning, a mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. O oh God, a voice has been heard in the wilderness preparing the way for your son to arrive in this world. Prepare now our hearts to receive Christ and help us to prepare for his coming. Amen. This morning you'll hear some stories you've heard before, but with a different twist. So I'm going to start with this one. Securing Christmas lights to the tree can be a production. I know some of you have done it before. Usually half of them don't light up. One year when we finally stood back and flicked on the light switch, I noticed that there was a branch that obscured a prized angel ornament, so I grabbed the pruning shears, mounted a stool, and snipped once, and all the lights went out. My husband quietly said, you don't have your glasses on, do you? Okay, that didn't really happen. That's the gospel according to Reader's Digest. But this did. Last week, I stood for 20 minutes in the customer service line to return some unneeded supplies from Walmart. My grandchildren are here. That's a great place to shop. Don't ask me why. I briefly wondered if it was worth the gas money and the time for 12 bucks. But then I also wanted to pick up something at Dillard's, and I had to take back a duplicate item from Home Goods. And then I also had to check the inflation on my tires because the warning light blinked on my dash. Does that sound like your week? I don't know about you, but right now it seems to me that everybody is a little bit stressed or a little bit depressed or a whole lot overwhelmed. Are you with me? Well, thank God it's Sunday. <laughs> thank God it's Sunday. Whatever has happened this past week is over and gone. And whatever concerts or shopping or bill paying or toy assembly for children or grandchildren or great-grandchildren or hosting events still looms ahead of us. In worship, we always rest in sacred space where God comes for us and draws us back home. If only for a moment the concerns of the world fall away. 
Here, as no place else, we experience peace, regardless of whatever it is that waits for us when we walk back out through those doors. Let's reflect briefly this morning on how it is that we can experience God's peace regardless of our personal circumstances or the state of the world. You see, out there, it feels like it's all about us, what we accomplish and how we choose to live. It's easy for us to trick ourselves into believing that if we get this Christmas thing right, if we get everything right, if we collaborate with the right beliefs and do the right things, we can change the world all by ourselves. Now, it's not as if doing good in the world is not important. It's just that it's not sufficient. If we could single-handedly transform the world through our good words and our great deeds, we wouldn't need God. Now, that's exactly what happened to the Israelites 2,500 years ago. It's a story of tragedy that they still remember and I suspect shapes what's happening there in some way now. You see, the Hebrew descendants of those escaped uh, slaves who wandered with Moses for a long time in the wilderness had now long ago entered God's promised land, what we know as Israel. They knew that they were chosen people set apart by God, not for special privilege, but to embody what fidelity to the one true God looks like in the world. Are you with me so far? As time went by, though, according to the rabbis who comment on this, they forgot about God. They built communities and cities, and they were prosperous, and they suddenly, over a long time, came to believe that they didn't really need God they still worshiped God, but they did what they wanted and asked God to bless it rather than the other way around. So when the Chaldeans ransacked Jerusalem about 600 years before Jesus was born and carried off those who survived to Babylon for a 70-year exile, they were shocked. How could they lose the land that was promised to them by God? What on earth happened? As they lived in exile those years in Babylon before their salvation, they decided that maybe they had lost their way and they repented of it. They gathered as communities and they remembered their practices of faith. They reinstituted their prayers and retold the stories. They formed synagogues as we know them today, something that had not yet occurred. And after that 70 years, the text says they had done their dues they had paid the price in double and they were returned to their homeland now the backstory of all of that is well beyond the scope of today's message but the meaning for them and for us is clear we're in trouble as a people we've forgotten god we've begun to rely more on our own opinions talents and resources than on the wisdom of God to guide our path and our stay. Churches in this country have declined and shuttered for more than 50 years, and post-COVID, that has exponentially increased in numbers. Our culture broadly has become all about me, what I need, what I want, what I prefer, 
and to hell with you if you don't see it the same way. Am I wrong about that? This, above all else, places us as a people at great risk. Here in Advent, we remember that the source of our very being is about God. Everywhere, all the time, not just about us. This is good news for us. I know it's good news for me. It is the only antidote for the depressed, stressed, and overwhelmed and increasingly violent world in which we live. When we start to believe that getting the Christmas cards out early, I'm not sending you one this year. It's the first time in my whole life. I'm not sending any Christmas cards. Don't be offended. When we've hung all the stockings with care, when we've finished the cookies and found the ugly sweater and time for that next holiday party, if we think those things are going to make Christmas come, then we've already missed out on God's good news. So hear this. God came into the world through the life of Christ without your help. Isn't that just the greatest news? You weren't the innkeeper. You weren't the census taker. You weren't the centurion guard, the shepherd on the hillside, or one of the angels. Mary and Joseph, the donkey, or thank God the baby Jesus, you weren't any of those either. We reenact those things to remember what God has already done for us and to prepare our hearts to receive the God that has already and forever come into our world. But we don't make it happen. We don't make God show up. We can't make God stay. It isn't our call. And that is such a relief. And I keep forgetting. The prophetic word from Isaiah begins and ends with how God equips God's messenger to bind up the brokenhearted and bring good news to the oppressed and come into the world to fulfill a promise and intention for our best life. God shows up through Jesus to help us understand how to participate in God's plans. Yet, nevertheless, God's action across time reconciles all people and redeems the whole world. So whatever is going on out there, know this, God is already at work in and through the most horrific evil and the greatest of human achievement, both of those things. The story is so redeeming and assuring and such incredibly good news. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. We cannot claim that enough. Remember Isaiah's vision from God that was shared with God's people. This good news, comfort, O oh comfort, my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Cry to her. She served her term She's remembered at last the God who called her into being, the God who gathered her as a people, the God who gave her a promised land. God has come to her now, so prepare the way in the wilderness, not for our going out, but for God coming in. Prepare the way in your heart, in your life, by returning to prayer, by returning to church, by returning to reading the Bible, by returning to serving not because it gives us glory, but out of glory to God. That's how we prepare the way in the wilderness for God to come.
And then the uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain and the glory of God will be revealed and all flesh will see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. When we've lost our way and we have all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, all of us find ourselves talking smack about neighbors or insisting somewhere in the public square that our way of seeing the world is the correct way. We've all done that. But whether we get it right or whether we get it wrong, God comes to us, God comes to us and gathers us back in and takes us back home when we lean our heart and our intention toward the Lord of life. Just a flicker of an eyelid I'm with you, God. I still want to be faithful. And it's God that has done this. God loves justice and peace and works across the long sweep of history toward a just and peace-filled world for all people. Now, I know your stories. Many of you have told me your stories. We catch glimpses of God's work, don't we? Those little God moments when we know and see clearly that God is really with us. And when that happens... We do our very best to live up to God's best hope for us because we want to be godly people. We want to please God. We want to live for God's good pleasure, and when we don't want it, we want to want it. And God honors that desire. We want to be faithful even when we are not. But we don't single-handedly create the kingdom of God at hand. Such freedom. We come to church, we read our Advent devotional books, we attend concerts and Christmas parties, we entertain friends and we order books and electronic stuff from Amazon, we bake our favorite holiday treats if we want to, just for the joy of it and for the glory of God. But none of those things will bring about God's kingdom on earth as in heaven. The world doesn't rest on our shoulders or actions alone. Because you see, God is already loosed in the world through Christ, binding, building, redeeming, healing, forgiving, restoring, reconciling all creation, even if we take to our bed and don't lift a finger between now and the first of the year. This next sentence is for me. You can listen in if you want. God doesn't need us to be busy or accomplished. God needs us to be faithful. God does not need us to be busy or accomplished. God needs us to be faithful. When we turn and return to God, we receive the promised comfort of the God who comes after us as a shepherd to rescue us from the world's madness and from our own hubris. There's a story about the peace that comes from our faithfulness to God regardless of what that outcome looks like in the world. And you've heard this story before. It's about an aging emperor who wanted to find the one who would follow him. And so he called together a number of youth from the land, and he gave them all a seed. And he said, I'm going to give you this one special seed, and for one year I want you to take it home and plant it, and I want you to water it faithfully every day for one year and then bring that pot back to me. And then I will judge based on your return, the one who will be the next emperor. 
So one boy named Ling took his pot home and planted the seed, and every day he watered it, but nothing grew. Even though his friends at school were talking about growing their plants and their flowers and their shrubs, Ling only had an empty pot. He felt like a failure, but he continued to do as the emperor requested, watering and caring for the potted seed, though nothing grew. When the time came to return to the palace, Ling was terrified. The emperor appeared. All the other youths had magnificent plants. When the emperor saw Ling's empty pot, he summoned him to the front and announced to the crowd, Behold, your new emperor! One year ago I gave everyone a seed, but they were boiled. None of them would grow. All of you except Ling have brought me trees and plants and flowers of your own design and your own commitments. When you found the seed that did not grow, you did not remain faithful to what I asked, but you decided to do what you thought was most needful and forgot about me. Ling was the only one with the integrity and trust to return to me a pot with my seed in it as I requested And he was the only one who stayed faithful, watering that seed every day, whether it grew or not. He will be wise in ruling you all. Now, after the first worship service, somebody challenged me about this message today. Are you saying to me that what we do doesn't matter? I am not. What I am saying is that we may plant a beautiful garden with huge shrubs growing, But if we've done it because that's our design, we've invented that, and then we ask God to bless it, then they will erect a statue to us in the public square, and they will give us honor and glory. But if we seek first God's kingdom and God's righteousness and are guided by God to then plant a beautiful garden, all that we've done will be done not for our glory, but for the glory of God. It's a subtle thing, right? You can't tell from the outside. In a church I served in Chicago, there's a giant oil painting hanging for me in the narthex. I couldn't keep them from putting it up. I said, put communion elements in front of me so that people will know it's to the glory of God. It's not about me. My name is in large letters in a seminary where I served for 11 years on the board of directors. And I said, put it in small print, hide it underneath the cross. It's not about me. It's to the glory of God. But it's so subtle, isn't it? It's such a subtle thing. God wants us to corroborate and collaborate in order to bring about good in the world, but the source of all that was, is, or ever shall be is God, and in all things to God be the glory. God has made a new covenant with us through the life of Jesus. The wrangled and wrought over world entangles itself now as it has always done. You alone and I alone can't fix it or change it, but we don't have to. God has made a covenant with us to be our God and invited us to respond and participate in God's plans and actions in the world. This is God's doing, and Jesus will now and always show us the way. Jesus, who is the Christ, the light, and the redeemer of the world, receive this incredibly good news of God's peace for you and for me and for all God's people. And may all God's people say, Amen.
our final prayer together, I invite you, friends, to take a moment of peace. To remember those on your hearts and on your minds that are in a little bit extra need of finding their miracle. I invite you to lift those names out loud if you like, or if you prefer to keep them in your hearts in a moment of silent prayer. However you want to share that news with God is okay. Let us take a minute to lift them up in a moment of peaceful prayer. Gracious and loving God, in this day where we celebrate the Prince of Peace, we look to you this morning for comfort, for forgiveness, and for hope. Lord, as we turn the channels on our TV and we see conflict and strife after conflict and strife, and then we turn it off and we go about our lives struggling with our own internal conflict and strife and struggle. And then, Lord, you give us this sign that is to come, this birth of the light of the world that shows us that it is not just a special time of year to do nice things, that the birth of Jesus Christ is the reminder to us of how we are supposed to live our lives every single day. Some of us, Lord, our our conflicts are in our relationships. Some of them are in struggles with things that we cannot quit, that we know we should not do. Some of them are finding hope in a time that is supposed to be hopeful, but yet sometimes brings us great sadness. Remind us, Lord, that all we need to do is turn to you, that you are the light, that you will shine upon us, And that you will shine through us. Help us to be the ambassadors of your peace. Help us to find peace in ourselves. So we may walk this world in your way. And share that peace. In a store. In a parking lot. In a church. In a hospital. Wherever you lead us to be, Lord. The miracle that is coming is our reminder, and we wait anxiously and with love, hope, and peace in our hearts. In all these things, we pray in the name of the Prince of Peace, who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We haven't had too many opportunities this morning to sing together as one voice in the praise of God. Let us now stand, all who are able and willing, and let us join together in praising God on this morning of peace.
find so much comfort in this place. I find the peace of Christ through the lessons that I learn here, through the staff that I work with, certainly through the music that lifts us up on Sunday mornings. But most importantly, I find it in you. I am so grateful for you all, for what I witness. You are all ambassadors of the peace of Christ. Please, 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 as you leave here and go about your way this week, don't forget that. Let your light shine through the love of God on others. Go in peace, my friends, and may the grace and love of God be with you now and always. Amen.